Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to yet again another fantastic episode on April Fool's Day. It is your host, Cody Gotham's Caped Crusader. We're keeping it geekly. Yes, this is your number one stop for all things geek culture, from comic books to video games and everything in between. And I am holding the jokes for today. We're going to be hitting you with nothing but fresh news right off the press and some DC comics that are going to be some heavy hitters. And with that being said, we're going to be dropping into our first piece of news today, which is going to be Sony's newest patent aiming to make understanding new hardware features easier. Yes, you heard that right. In Sony's race to drop as many patents as humanly possible, it looks like the newest one is dealing with frictionless new device feature onboarding. And it seems like it might be the new evolution of kind of tutorials most gamers are already familiar with. Now, implications of this patent are gearing towards players dictating how in-depth the system will go during the learning process with another patent dropping almost just right alongside with it that is going to protect players' personal details during the online gaming sessions. Now, these are some pretty exciting changes and potential features for Sony and it really could change just the gaming landscape for Sony overall. It looks like this tutorial patent is all about making gameplay systems and tutorial features more accessible and intuitive uh, for the average player to pick up and use. Now we know the PlayStation CEO is guns blazing for live streaming services in the near future to come, but this could be some really exciting changes for the games for the gaming landscape. Let me know your thoughts down below and where you think this could end up going. Now, with that being said, we're going to be moving on to our next topic of news, and it looks like E3 for 2022 has been officially canceled. Yes, you heard that right. E3 of 2022 has officially been canceled, including its in-person and digital-only showcases, with a spokesperson for ESA telling VentureBeat that E3 will return in 2023 with a revigorated showcase that will celebrate new and exciting video games and industry innovations. Now, I am left here wondering exactly how long they have known this because we've seen the playstation state of play do a, a couple showcases when normally they they wouldn't have so i'm wondering if they were just dropping all the eggs they were saving up for e3 knowing that it wasn't going to show now the statement continues we previously announced that e3 would not be held in person in 2022 due to the ongoing health risks surrounding covid 19. today we announced that there will also be no digital e3 showcase in 2022 instead we will devote all our energy and resources to delivering a revi excuse me a revitalized physical and digital e3 experience next summer whether enjoyed from the show floor or your favorite devices, the 2023 showcase will bring the community, media, and industry back together in all new format and interactive experience. Now, some pretty big plans for E3, but let's see if they are able to stick to it. I am, I'm still left wondering why they didn't go through with this, um, but it looks like a lot of different outlets already knew this was going to happen and they started getting their showcases presented anyways. Now, with that being said, we're going to be ending our new segment with the biggest pieces of news this week and it looks like playstation has officially announced its pricing tiers for its brand new subscription-based service yes it looks like sony has finally revealed its brand new xbox game pass competitor in an all-new playstation plus that is going to bring playstation plus and playstation now in a three-tier subscription that's going to include up to 700 games uh, and access to retro games at the top tier. It will open for some markets in June and roll out worldwide regionally after that. So taking a look at the tiers that are present, PlayStation Plus Essential is going to be the same as PlayStation Plus service that currently exists. With no changes to the current pricing, it's going to include two monthly downloadable games, discounts, saved cloud game storage, and access to online multiplayer for most games. Now, PlayStation Plus Extra is going to include all the essential benefits and add a catalog of around 400 PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 games that can be downloaded at any time. It will also include first-party and third-party games, but no new exclusives will launch in the service. Now, the PlayStation Plus Premium, which is their cream of the crop, is going to include the essential and the extra benefits and add an additional 340 games to the catalog, which are going to include PlayStation 1, 2, and PSP games for not only streaming, but downloading. 
PlayStation 3 games will also be available, but only to stream. Streaming can be carried out onto the PlayStation 4, 5, and PC. Premium members will also receive time-limited trials of some games. Now, Sony had no choice but to respond and they came out swinging. Xbox is definitely taking some note because there are rumors going around they may be combining their Xbox Game Pass with Xbox Gold, but we're saving that article with our Marvel podcast. Now, with that being said, we're going to be wrapping up this week in Geeking, hitting you with those fresh posts coming right out of the oven. We're going to be starting fresh with Batman Beyond the White Knight, book one, written by Sean Murphy, with art being done by Dave Stewart. Book one begins with Terry McGinnis breaking into the Wayne Manor, now considered a historical site, with Derek Powers guiding him over the radio. It's here we find that powers created most of the technology that batman used outside of one suit which wayne built himself and ended up being so powerful and dangerous that he never wore it now time is cut short as the guards watching over this site are alerted and terry is forced to put the suit on quickly we see just how capable this suit is as terry dismantles both guards without even really trying and flies high into the sky as powers is narrating his excitement over just how impressive this suit is we pivot to the riot at stonegate prison in which the sons of Azrael have taken a hostage none other than Captain Jason Todd. We see an aged and bearded Bruce Wayne step out of his cell and quickly quelling this riot, enforcing John Paul Valley's debt to the Sons of Azrael. Now we find that Bruce is having a heart-to-heart -to, -heart to Jason Todd in which he's reflecting on everything that he wished he could have done differently and reminiscing about the past, but this is quickly cut short as Commissioner Dick Grayson breaks into the prison to stop the riot and they're all dressed up in these fancy looking bat suits and Bruce Wayne notices something rather particular on the, on the machine that Commissioner Grayson has used. It says Wayne Powers. Now it's here we find none other than Duke from the Bat Family working with Grayson and he lets Bruce know some of the secrets that have been happening since he's been gone and just how much Gotham has been driving into a police state controlled by Derek Powers. Now, as soon as I seen an issue about Batman Beyond and Terry McGinnis, I definitely had to pick it up and I was left, woo! Now, this book had me left scrambling what exactly is going on and why Terry McGinnis is working with Derek Powers. I seen Batman Beyond and I had to jump on it. I definitely recommend picking up this book. We're going to be moving on to our next issue of the week, which is going to be Shadow War Alpha issue number one, written by Joshua Williamson with art being done by Victor Bodanovic. Now, we begin with Ra's al Ghul reflecting over his life journey and what led him here from fighting Batman in the Justice League to even training Damien himself before coughing up a handful of blood. Now, we hear shouting and fighting and he arms himself to go see what what is happening before realizing that it's Talia and Damien. Overlooking the two fighting with swords with a smirk, we see these two collide as she is dodging his attacks left and right before another coughing fit happens. And this is where we see Mother Soul's curse coming to light. Now we find Batman on the roof, taking out a group of wannabe vigilantes that are taking reformed criminals and trying to put them into the slave trade. Now, after dealing with the Gotham Police Department, we see Bruce get interrupted by Oracle, who wants him to check out this interesting news article. Now, it's Talia and Ra's al Ghul wanting to turn themselves in after being on the run from the FBI for the last 13 years and being some of the most well-known international eco-terrorists. It looks like it's time for them to finally serve some justice. Now, so many countries want jurisdiction of this case and so many villains want Ra's al Ghul dead, causing the entire Bat family to be on high alert. But Bruce is still able to get intercepted by Damien, and it's here we see the father family reunion get quickly quelled as Damien wants to focus on the mission at hand, giving them time later to talk about what has happened. Now, as Ra's takes the podium, he begins by confronting the errors of his way, transitioning into how he wants to save humanity by giving them the resin from the Lazarus Pit. But instead of being met by a standing ovation, he is met with a bullet to the head by none other than Deathstroke. Now, I was not prepared for this to happen, and I will tell you what, 
The body is further desecrated by a grenade, ensuring that Razogu will never come back. And now Deathstroke has not only Damien and our beloved Cape Crusader, but the wrath of Talia Al Ghul. And she, like I said, hell hath no fury like a woman scorn. Now this brings us to our last book of the week and I saved the best for last, The War for Earth 3, issue number two, written by Robbie Thompson and Dennis Hopeless, with art being done by Kieran McCowan, Dexter Vines, Ariel Olivetti, Julio Ferreira, and Brent Peoples. Now we begin this issue with Ultraman overseeing Johnny Quick chase the Flash while Power Ring is after Bloodsport. Boomerang, Mirror Master, and Harley Quinn though are just around the corner and they are bracing for his approach while Rick Flag, Suicide Squad, and the Teen Titans with the Flash team up to go against Amanda Waller's army. Now we find Colbera moving to possess Power Ring while he's caught off guard and then after assuming his body we see her go after Ultraman who in just a test of his simple strength is able just to quickly palm her in the chest and knock her spirit out of his body. Now, it's at this point we find Harley Quinn and Mirror Master get the jump on Amanda Waller, but surprisingly, none other than the Teenage Titans, aka the stowaway students from the Teen Titans Tower, confront her. We pivot to Flag and Nightwing conversing about what to do with Amanda Waller's plan, at which point Harley Quinn and Mirror Master appear on the scene with Yorick's head, but unfortunately, his plan is too expansive for them to understand, and it's all kept inside of his brain, prompting Harley Quinn to use her mallet and smack his head clean off his shoulders. Just then, Starfire reports in that they have found Ultraman and he's alone, while Yorick's head begins to glow a strange color. Waller, on the other hand, is talking to Parker as Bloodsport blows a hole in his head, forcing her to play her trump card, revealing a wall of his brother stolen from other multiverses. She then reveals that the bombs in all of their necks are still intact, and in a show of force, decides to set off the detonator for Talon, effectively killing him at that point. We find Waller then making a deal with Match and Nocturna, while Flag and his squad approach Ultraman. We have yet to see Ultraman's full destructive power, and Rick Flag is about to unleash it. Now, I do not do it any justice when I say seeing Ultraman at his full rage, just trying to kill everything in sight is just a sight to behold, and man, did it just hit the spot perfectly. With that being said, though, that does wrap up this podcast for the week. You can catch me on all of my respective social medias, and be sure to check out those indie comic interviews. We have some awesome ones. I just got done knocking out one about May's issue number one and two, and we have a hot one later on this week. With that being said, guys, I hope you have a good night, but most importantly, keep it geekly.